This is Cashflow Ninja, episode 39 with Roger Veer. Welcome to the Cashflow Ninja, the podcast empowering and inspiring people to discover how to generate their own income and manage, grow, and protect their own wealth in the new economy. Now, here is your host, MC Laubscher. Hello everyone, MC Lobster and welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Ninja. Now in episode 27, I interviewed Jeff Berwick from the Dollar Vigilante and we talked about Bitcoin and Bitcoin startups. If you haven't listened to that episode, please go back and listen to it since we covered Bitcoin and how cryptocurrencies and blockchain technologies are changing the world and will continue to change the world every day into the future. Now, I've encouraged all of my listeners, and I will keep encouraging you to research and study digital assets and cryptocurrencies. This is already changing the world, and we haven't seen anything yet. I am really excited to have on the show today the first person in the entire world to start investing in Bitcoin startups, and that basically single-handedly funded the seed rounds of the entire first generation of Bitcoin businesses, becoming one of the first virtual currency millionaires, and earning him the nickname in the process, Bitcoin Jesus, Roger Veer. Roger Veer has been a long-time proponent of volunteerism, the idea that all human interactions should be by mutual consent, or not at all. He doesn't make exceptions for people wearing uniforms and working in buildings with flags in front of it. He's most well-known for his work promoting Bitcoin. In 2011, his company, MemoryDealers.com, became the first mainstream company to start accepting Bitcoin as payment. He then went on to create BitcoinStore.com, the first website in the world to accept Bitcoin payment for hundreds of thousands of items, and was the impetus for the future wave of merchant adoption. Roger has spread the Bitcoin message, paying over $100,000 for national radio ads on more than 100 stations across the United States, advertising Bitcoin from 2011 to 2014 on freetalklive.com and multiple billboards advertising Bitcoin in Silicon Valley, including the infamous Honey Badger of Money design. You can see that online. In his earlier life, he was most influenced by the works of Murray Rothbard, but also inspired by the likes of Friedrich Bastiat, Henry Hazlitt, Leonard Reed, Friedrich Hayek, Adam Smith, Milton Friedman, David Friedman, and many others in the Austrian school of economic thought. Rogers also made the largest ever Bitcoin-based charitable donation of 1,000 Bitcoins, more than $1 million, to the Foundation for Economic Education. Before we are joined by Roger, just a reminder that you can download any book for free when you try Audible for 30 days. You can grab your free trial and audio book download at cashflowninja.com forward slash free book download. You can also support the show by doing your Amazon shopping through our homepage, cashflowninja.com forward slash Amazon. It does not cost you anything and you support our show. And all of our past shows and show notes can be accessed at cashflowninja.com. You can also join our community and mailing list by texting the word cashflowninja, one word, 
all capitalized to 44222. That's two fours and three twos. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas from Entrepreneur on Fire, and you're listening to the Cashflow Ninja Podcast with your host, MC Lobsher. You must be prepared to ignite. Well, Roger, welcome to the show. Glad to be on. Thanks for having me. Can you please share a little bit about your background and your journey as an entrepreneur? Yeah, so um, I grew up in Silicon Valley. Uh, while I was in college, I started a tech startup selling uh, Cisco-related equipment. I did that for, I don't know, 15 years or so until I uh, discovered Bitcoin. And then uh, I dropped everything related to my previous business and focused 100% of my time on Bitcoin-related stuff. Became the first person in the entire world to start investing in Bitcoin startups. Bought a bunch of Bitcoins. I've been uh, involved in Bitcoin full-time coming up on six years now. And uh, what a wild, fun, exciting uh, ride it's been watching the entire world change right before my eyes. Yeah, it, it is amazing. Now, we have discussed bit, what Bitcoin is and cryptocurrencies on the show before. Um, so we're not, not going to spend a ton exactly what it is, but let's get into how Bitcoin has evolved. Can you just talk us through the evolution and the different stages of Bitcoin that you've seen firsthand since you've gotten involved? Sure. When I, when I first got involved in Bitcoin, the total value of all the Bitcoins in the entire world was somewhere between three and five million U.S. dollars. Whereas today okay. that value is somewhere closer to, uh, to $10 billion with a B. So we watched it go from, you know, $5 million to $10 billion over just the last couple of years. Uh, we've watched it go from there being only one type of Bitcoin wallet software to more Bitcoin wallet software providers than you can keep track of. Uh, there were basically no websites on the entire internet accepting Bitcoin back then, whereas now it's pretty much every website accepts Bitcoin. Uh, that's, it's online, you know, Newegg.com, Microsoft.com, Dell, Expedia. Like, you know, anyone and everyone is starting to use Bitcoin at this point. So it's really just amazing to see how quickly that's changed. And banks are starting to get involved now, too. All, all the bankers are, are coming in. So it's just uh, amazing how it's gone from this little you know, niche novelty thing to now everybody's starting to realize that this is the next big thing. The first question that somebody asked, too, when you talk start talking about Bitcoin is because they hear all these things uh, you know, oh, terrorists are using it, you know, to fund operations. And it's and, and it really scares the banks and the establishment a lot. Can you speak to that a little bit? And without any doubt, by far, by probably several orders of magnitude, the number one tool that's used to finance terrorists and bad things is the U.S. dollar. So all those arguments that people have about Bitcoin, they apply to, to the U.S. dollar, but on a much greater degree. Uh but Bitcoin's a really great thing. Like you can send and receive money with anyone, anyone in the world, just like that. And there's nothing anybody can do to stop it right from your computer. Like that's a great thing. I think people all over the world should be able to interact with each other financially and not have to get permissions from banks or government. So, uh, and Bitcoin enables that and empowers every individual on the planet to participate in uh, the worldwide economy. So that's, that's a great thing for, for all of humankind. Yeah, it's completely decentralized. So it just, it, you know, you see the propaganda that's out in the news about this because they're shaking in the boots. So it's just interesting that a lot of banks are getting involved in it with it now. Yeah, well, I think they see the writing on the wall. They they have to. So, um, you know, the horse and buggy whip manufacturers either had to start producing, you know, automobile related stuff or go out of business. And I think the banks see that as well. They're going to have to get involved in uh, Bitcoin and blockchains. Otherwise, they're going to be made uh, irrelevant. The other thing that I run into is when I talk to people about Bitcoin as well, how can I use it? And you've just mentioned a, a ton of companies that are already accepted online. Now, is there a couple of other tools that they can use as well to transact, for instance, on Amazon, et cetera, that you can talk about? 
Yeah, one of my favorite websites is a, a website called purse.io that allows anybody to get, you know, 10, 15, even 20% discount on every single purchase from Amazon.com just by using Bitcoin. And that website is purse, P-U-R-S-E dot I-O. Fantastic. And I just see it too, Fiverr. And I mean, there's the websites are just rolling out accepting payments in Bitcoin. Are there some people too that's just earning in Bitcoin and basically living just on Bitcoin? Is that a possibility at this time yet? Yeah, that's that's not for everybody at this point, but there's some people uh, that are doing that, including myself at this point. Just about all of my own income is in Bitcoin. Uh, and I have a number of employees that I'm paying around the world in Bitcoin. And it just makes it so much easier and faster and cheaper than it would uh, to use a bank. We have a decentralized money system. Where do you see this all going? What's next for cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin? And where do you see Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies in five to ten years? So a, a couple of hundred years ago, people would think you were an absolute madman if you said that there should be a separation of church and state. Whereas today, everybody just takes that for granted. Of course, churches and governments should be separate. And before the invention of Bitcoin, you would seem like a bit of a madman if you said that there should be a separation of money and state. But now, right before our eyes, we're seeing this happen. You know, Bitcoin is on the way to creating a complete separation of money and state. The, the, the end of the era of governments controlling and issuing the money supply is coming to an end. And now suddenly everybody in the entire world can interact with each other directly, financially, without needing governments to issue or control the currency. And that's a, that's a giant step forward for all of humankind, just like the separation of church and state was a giant uh, step forward for all of humankind. And it's happening right before our eyes right now. You can obviously earn Bitcoins, taking it as payment, which a lot of people already are doing. You can trade them and buy them, exchange U.S. dollars and euros for them, and then also mine these digital currencies. Can you explain a little bit how the mining part works? So what all these Bitcoin miners around the world are doing is they're actually helping secure and audit the network to make sure that nobody's making fake Bitcoins out of thin air or spending the same Bitcoin swipe. But a lot of people, when they first hear about Bitcoin, they think, oh, I can mine them, and they, they get confused and think that that means it's basically free money. Bitcoin mining, I, I actually recommend to people just think of it a lot like gold mining. You could probably go up in the hills and dig around and dig up some gold, but your time is much better spent doing whatever it is that you do normally for a job. And then if you want some gold, you would spend your dollars or euros or whatever to buy some gold. It's the same with Bitcoin. You should spend your time working on whatever you do normally and then use your, your other money to buy some Bitcoin rather than, than mining Bitcoins yourself. And that brings me to my next point, too. The Bitcoin wallets and then the online vaults, like, for instance, Coinbytes have. How safe and secure are these? And can you talk a little bit about how Bitcoin wallets and online vaults work? Sure. So it's really important to distinguish between an actual Bitcoin wallet and something that works similarly to like a bank. So uh, Coinbase is a fantastic company for buying and selling Bitcoin, but uh, they're holding the Bitcoins for you on, on you know, they're, they're the ones that are in control of your Bitcoins. And at the end of the day, you have to ask them to send your Bitcoins to somebody else and they can tell you no, or if the government tells them no, uh, that can happen. Or maybe someday, you know, God forbid, they, they could be hacked as well and lose everybody's Bitcoins. Or maybe a government would come and take people's Bitcoins. So I don't recommend people store their Bitcoins with Coinbase or any other Bitcoin bank. But we put together a whole guide over on Bitcoin.com that explains the difference between an actual Bitcoin wallet in which the user is actually holding the Bitcoins on their own computer or their own phone or a Bitcoin bank in which some other company or a website is holding Bitcoins on your behalf. So we have a whole guide for all of that over on Bitcoin.com that explains the differences and lets uh, users make informed decisions as to which, which sort of Bitcoin wallet they should use. Now, if somebody were to try and, and 
you know, assert some control over these digital currencies, that's where you most likely that they would target, right? A Bitcoin bank. Right. So, and any one single individual using Bitcoin or a company using Bitcoin could be targeted. But the only way to stop Bitcoin as a whole would be to turn off the entire internet and the entire world and keep it turned off. And, you know, that's pretty clearly not possible at this point. But uh, if everybody's holding all their Bitcoins in the same bank, then that one particular Bitcoin bank could be targeted and cause a big problem for all the customers of that bank. But with Bitcoin, it's so incredibly easy to have the Bitcoins on your own you know, iPhone or Android or on your computer or laptop. Why would you want to use a bank to hold them for you when you can just hold them yourselves? And pretty much if we look back at the history of Bitcoin in the media, we've heard lots of times about big giant thefts and Bitcoins being hacked and this and that. And pretty much every single time that's ever happened, it's when your people are using a Bitcoin bank and the Bitcoin bank gets hacked and loses people's funds. And unfortunately, there was another big uh, event like that just yesterday. Uh, a Bitcoin bank and Bitcoin exchange called Bitfinex uh, was hacked and lost somewhere around 60 million U.S. dollars worth of Bitcoins. If you were holding your Bitcoins in your own wallet on your own device, you wouldn't be affected at all. You'd, you'd still be just fine and have all of your Bitcoins. Very, very interesting. There are over, what, 660 cryptocurrencies. Probably <laughs> uh, with... even more than that, right? I do yeah, I... <laughs> exactly. The last time I checked, right? Um, now, Ethereum is, is a rising cryptocurrency. Can you talk a little bit about the differences between Bitcoin and Ethereum, and what do you think uh, is the future of Ethereum? So for the beginning uh, of Bitcoin, it was designed to be used as a currency and as money, whereas Ethereum's main purpose when it was designed initially was to build an unstoppable computing platform in which people can write computer programs that can run on this Ethereum network where you don't have any central server, you don't have anybody centrally in control, and no, so nobody can shut down or stop or censor these computer programs from running which is a very, very interesting, exciting tool as well, if you think about that, because, you know, up until recently, any time a government didn't like a particular website or a particular thing, they could just very easily shut it down. Whereas now with this platform like Ethereum, people are building unstoppable software programs, and it's going to be really interesting to see what sort of things people come up with in, in regards to that. And people are excited about it, and that's why we've seen the market cap of Ethereum uh, really take off as well, re recently reaching over a billion U.S. dollars in, in value. Yeah, it's really exciting. And I've even seen smart contracts as one of the things built on this. Can you talk a little bit about smart contracts? Yeah, people are doing all sorts of things like that because it wasn't possible before the invention of uh, Bitcoin and Ethereum and, and this blockchain technology. So it's a whole new, you know, wild, wild west of a world out there where people are designing all sorts of new things. And I guess the best advice I can give in regards to all of that is, you know, buyer beware. Be really careful. Don't get involved in things you don't fully understand. Don't invest in things you don't fully understand. Uh, you know, be careful with with your bitcoins or with your Ethereum. It's money, just just like anything else. So don't uh, don't hand it over to strangers on the internet. That's extremely important, and we talk about it on the show all the time. Do not invest a single cent into something that you do not understand. That's very very good advice. You've been involved in many Bitcoin startups as an angel investor, one of the first. What are some of the most exciting startups that you've been involved in? I think one of the most exciting ones is uh, blockchain.info. is uh, the number one Bitcoin wallet in the entire world. Uh, they just crossed more than 8 million user accounts. Uh, it's the number one Bitcoin wallet, and I have it on my phone and use it daily to, to send and receive money with people all over the world. Uh, it's available in the App Store and Google Play on Android, and uh, it's just super, super easy. And the, the Bitcoins are actually on my own device. I don't trust uh, anybody. 
So that's one of the ones that uh, is getting the most traction and that I'm really excited about. Another one that I think is incredibly interesting is BitcoinHiveMind.com. And uh, I suspect that some of your listeners are already aware of what prediction markets are. Um, Intrade was one of the more popular ones in the past. Uh, the problem with previous prediction markets is as soon as they got popular and guards started to get some traction, governments would come in and restrict what they can have markets on and control them in this and that. Whereas now with Bitcoin HiveMind, we're right on the verge of having an unstoppable distributed prediction market. And prediction markets are an incredibly powerful tool for aggregating the wisdom of crowds. It's almost like having a magic window into the future. You can see what is, you know, what actions today are likely to lead to what results in the future. And you can use that to, to decide what actions you should take today to get the desired results tomorrow or to potentially even influence the, the, the results tomorrow. So it's a really, really exciting, powerful thing that's in the works. And that's at the bitcoinhivemind.com. Oh, fantastic. And is this something that you're currently involved in or what, what projects are you currently involved in? I'm, I'm an investor in both of those. I'm spending most of my time each day uh, focusing on Bitcoin.com. So, and we're building a, a whole portal on Bitcoin.com that allows people to learn all about Bitcoin and how it works and all the fun things in the ecosystem that they, they can do with their Bitcoin. So, uh, I encourage everybody to visit Bitcoin.com. Roger, what advice would you g- give to entrepreneurs that's are listening to this and r- they see this huge opportunity in front of us? The world is changing every day in this space. What advice would you give to those entrepreneurs to get involved um, and where to start in this space? Yeah, all, all any business is, is taking things from where they're worth less and moving them to where they're worth more. And that's whether we're talking about physical goods or, or human labor and, and energy as well. So look out there and see what needs to be done and isn't being done as efficiently as it otherwise could be. And then find a way to do it uh, more efficiently than your competitors and charge your customers for doing it. And uh, it's a win-win situation for everybody involved because... Businesses earn money by giving customers the things that they want. So they'll, the, you need to give your customers something that they value more than the money that they're going to give you in return for it. And uh, everybody's better off, and it's a win-win situation. And I think more people should realize that. Entrepreneurs realize it, but I think the, the the masses out there a lot of times don't realize that the reason you know the reason Tesla has a whole bunch of money or big businesses have a bunch of money is because they've given people that they, things they value even more than the money that people gave them in exchange for it. Money follows value every single time, not the other way around. No, absolutely. Fantastic advice. Roger, one of the, one of the things I've observed from very wealthy and successful people is that they're always studying new subjects and learning new skills. What are you currently studying and what new skill sets are you currently learning? So I kind of became a libertarian long, long ago by studying economics. And I didn't start out that way at all. But the more economics I studied, the more I realized that government intervention in the economy slows down the rate of economic growth and holds back everybody from being as wealthy as they otherwise would have been. Much more recently, I started studying the philosophical side of things. And a real simple point, you know, the U.S. elections are going on in full swing at the moment. And, uh, you know, all these people are claiming to be our representatives. But what type of representative has more rights than the people that they're representing? If I went to my neighbor and told them that they have to pay me 50% of their income and I'm going to use that to to do whatever things and maybe pay for the street in front of their house and provide some security. But if they don't pay me half of their income, I'm going to lock them in a cage. They certainly wouldn't think I'm their representative. That's just crazy talk. And so uh, I kind of recently learned and come to the conclusion that this uh, belief in, in governmental authority is just this kind of brainwashing that people have been brought up with from, from day one. How can, 
how can a delegate have more rights than the person? You can't delegate a right to somebody that you don't have yourself. So all these people that claim to delegate their rights to government, well, if us as individuals can't do these things, well, how does government get the right to do that? So recently I found a studying that sort of thing very interesting and really changed the way in which I, I viewed the world in just the last uh, maybe year and a half. I've been had my eyes uh, open to some of these ideas. And if people like uh, want to learn more about that sort of thing, there's a fantastic book called The Most Dangerous Superstition by Larkin Rose. And it really altered the way in which I viewed, uh, viewed the world. And I think as entrepreneurs, what we need to do is we need to view reality as it actually is, not as we want it to be. And the more accurate view we have of reality, the more business opportunities we'll see and the more uh, the more successful we can be at in, in business by accepting reality as it actually is rather than what we want it or hope it to be. That aligns with the values of this show of just reclaiming your self-ownership and being self-reliant and just becoming accountable and responsible individually and as a family and just uh, take reclaiming your freedom as well. And, th- and that's a big thing. You know, entrepreneurs is want what's going to push the envelope forward. And I see as the solution to many of the problems out there. And just as you said, you have to see the reality for what it is and not what as it's presented to us on, on television. It's just a, a lot of programming and a lot of brainwashing and, you know, people standing on stages with makeup on and bright, shiny lights and flags and, you know, hitting every single emotional chord. Um, Roger, what's, what's the best advice you've ever received and the most important lesson that you've learned on your journey? I think some of the best advice I've ever received is, you know, do everything that you, you promise people you're going to do. Honor, honor your agreements. And uh, if I can add to that, too, like if, if you treat somebody right in business, they're going to come back to you again and again and again, and you can earn money from them year after year for, for a whole lifetime. Whereas if you treat someone poorly or cheat them or do something wrong, maybe you'll make money that one time, but you're, you're giving up all those future benefits you could have had uh, from dealing with that person over and over and over again. So treat people the way you want to be treated and you'll be much, much, much more successful in business. I usually ask this question to all of my guests too, as passing down a set of values and principles to future generations instead of just money. So if you cannot pass on any money to your children or grandchildren or future generations, and we're allowed to only pass on three principles for them to build wealth and achieve success and happiness, uh, what would they be? Spend money. Spend the money that you earn on things that is going to earn you more money in the future. I think that that's the, the right strategy is when you earn money, spend it on things that are going to that's going to earn you even more money in the future. And then you know the miracle compound interest really is amazing. So the more money you spend on things that are going to earn you more money, the more money you'll have to spend on things that will earn you more money in the future. It's just, it's just uh, a giant snowball effect that's uh, really amazing once you understand what's going on there. So uh, if you can do that, you're going to have a pretty successful life. Roger, how can my audience learn more about you and your company and all the projects that you're involved with? Um, so my personal website is rogerveer.com, R-O-G-E-R-V-E-R. And uh, I'm really active every day on Bitcoin.com. We have uh, forums over there. and We have a new site that occasionally I'll write articles for as well. So, uh, And uh, feel free to email me at roger at Bitcoin.com anytime as well. I, I do my best to reply to every email and uh, try and point people in the right directions the, the best I can. You've listed a, a ton of resources to learn and, and study this space. Is there a specific book that you can recommend in this space as well that would have been of interest to our listeners? Um, I wish there was. The, the problem is this industry is just developing and, and going so incredibly quick that uh, by the right. time any book is published, it's immediately out of date. Um, right. 
but uh, I think Bitcoin.com is a, a good place to start. And uh, it, there, there's just, uh, you know, I guess Google.com is also a good place to start. There's just so much <laughs> happening every day that uh, by the time something's actually uh, in print in a physical book, most of the information or a lot of it is, is out of date. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely exciting, and and just as I started learning this and studying this, I mean, it's the the speed of which this is changing is just amazing. I mean, and what's happening in this industry where you you're going to have disruptors, huge companies that have di disrupted their industries, they're going to be disrupted by these new disruptors coming from this space. Although there there is one book I suppose I can recommend because it's talking about the history and the origin and the development of Bitcoin in the early days and it reads like a thriller novel I think but it's all true and that's a book called uh, Digital Gold by Nathaniel Popper and uh, every I've read it myself and everybody else who's read it they all said it's just one heck of a page turner so I, I think people would probably find that very interesting that's Digital Gold by Nathaniel Popper. The other question that that I had too for you is Satoshi Nakamoto. So every time that there's a blogger or a news story that somebody's uncovered now, you know the identity. Well, what do you make of all of this? Um, Satoshi pretty clearly seems to want his own privacy, and uh, he invented <laughs> one of the most important things ever in the history of humankind. That's how important his invention is, and how much it's going to affect everyone's life. So if he wants privacy, he should have it in, in my book. And uh, I hope the world never finds out uh, who he is, if that's what he wants. I agree with you. Roger, thank you so much. This is a blast. Thank you so much for coming on the show and providing so much value and sharing your journey and your knowledge of this space. It's incredibly interesting and exciting. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me on as well. Thank you for joining me and my guest, Roger Veer, today. Remember to grab your free book download from Audible at CashflowNinja.com forward slash free book download. And you can join our community and mailing list by texting the word Cashflow Ninja, one word, all capitalized, to 44222. That's two fours and three twos. As always, guys, if there's any way that I can provide more value to you and serve you better, please go to our contact page and send me an email. Until next time, live a life of passion and purpose on your terms. You have been listening to the Cashflow Ninja with your host, MC Laubscher the podcast empowering and inspiring people to discover how to generate their own income and manage, grow, and protect their own wealth in the new economy. Today's show notes and resources are available on our website, CashflowNinja.com. This presentation is for educational and informational purposes only. The information being presented and considered does not consider your particular financial objectives or situation, and it does not make personalized recommendations. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax and legal advisor or other qualified professionals, and you should not use the information in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional regarding your specific personal financial objective, situation, and needs. We believe the information provided is reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness, or completeness. 